Welcome to Resilience Rock Sales, your front row seat to rocking your sales game. I'm your host, Stacey Kopas. Today's episode is brought to you by the Academy of Resilience Inner Circle. For more information, head to academyofresilience.com.au. Now on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Resilience Rock Sales Podcast. Today I am joined by my friend Celine Egan. We're just having a chat off air trying to figure out how long it is since we met and when it was and the timelines and all those type of things. But we'll put it this way, we've known each other for a really long time and I'm excited to be able to introduce Celine to the Resilience Rock Sales Podcast audience. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, it is, it's lovely when you start to think about um, how time goes by and how long we've known one another and then watching your journey. Um, it's been, it's been awesome. So I'm thrilled to actually be here today. Oh, this is, this is going to be fun. I've got so many ideas about where I want to go with this, but what I'd love to start with, I'd love to hear what is your earliest memory of sales? Oh my gosh. Well, I suppose. Actually, my earliest memory, now that you say that, is actually running the tuck shop in Clochebreed Secondary School back in Dublin, Ireland. Well, I was in fifth and sixth year. Um, so basically, like you're in 11 and 12, I suppose now you do it. Myself and my girlfriend, Gronya, we used to actually run the tuck shop. So when you said that, I don't know where that came from. That literally just popped in. I can see myself with a packet of Worcester crisps. Well, and uh, we would sell out every time we really did, but never sold myself as a salesperson at all. Um, really, I suppose, until later on in my career, even when I got into direct sales at 19 as an introvert, it wasn't about sales. It was actually the reason why I actually joined was actually to help me become more confident. I am an introvert by nature. I was incredibly shy. And my mom's friend actually suggested that I should join her. I didn't know what I was joining her in, but anyhow, join her um, to be able to become more confident. And I'm so glad that I did because I say now that I actually built my confidence around the kitchen tables of Dublin, selling lipsticks and makeup of all things, which I rarely wear. I have put a little lipstick on for all of you today. Uh, if you happen to see this, but um, and yeah, it was... Um, they're probably my earliest memory. So back in Ireland. And you know what's is really interesting? You sharing that about the tuck shop has reminded me, like I thought that my earliest memory of sales was, it was really bad. It was buying a packet of cigarettes when they were like $2 a packet and selling them for a dollar each at school. Um, in high school. Entrepreneur are you? I know, so bad. And, but then I just remembered that in year six, so primary school, so 11, 12 years old, I actually used to work in the school canteen. And yep. so, you know, was doing that sort of stuff there. And, you know, it was like, oh, cool. We get, you know, we get a popcorn machine. So it was like, oh, cool. We'll do this. We'll get some free popcorn. Um, but yeah, I didn't realize that I was doing that and selling yeah. things and doing the cash handling and doing all that sort of stuff at 11 and 12 years old. My gosh, I am so glad I asked you that question because now you've helped me to sort of go, but wow. a new story. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. And so, so 19 years old, getting into di direct sales. Um, what was that like initially? As you said, introvert, you're very young at that stage. Yeah. Like, 
what were your feelings when you first went into obviously there's a bit of trust when you're like I don't know what I'm getting into but once you sort of started to get into it what was your what were your initial experiences and feelings around that I'll be honest and say I was terrified for a step because the idea of actually um first of all asking people to it was party plan so asking people to have a party for me so of course you know you lean into those people you know first of all you know you know like and trust which was great because I was able to practice on them and they kind of did. And then I actually realized that I quite enjoyed, because I had a purpose for being there, I actually quite enjoyed that process. And so I learned early on, though, to always watch those who've gone before me. And I've, I've continued to lean into that all the way through my career. And, um, and so I would just watch what my mentor was doing. And just copy it, not try and reinvent the wheel or anything like that. In the early stages, it was literally about kind of, you know, copy and paste, really. Um, and so that was what I did. So the, the fear, the terrified feeling, um, I suppose quickly changed to just having a little bit of fun and just reframing all of that process. For me, you know, networking or any of that, early on, I knew I needed to reframe it as friend finding or or something that was very, very different that took the fear out of it. So in those early days, it really was just about watching, listening, and then doing. And that was how it helped me to go. But I'll be honest, I was absolutely terrified. I couldn't think of anything worse when the suggestion was first put to me. But I truly knew that there was something in me that wanted to be able to do something bigger in the world. And if I didn't get out of my own way, that was never going to happen. So having that, having that reason that's bigger than the fear. Totally. And that's what's driven me the whole way through. I mean, we talk about, you know, having the why that makes you cry. It's not even about that. It's just knowing that there's something innately within you that just wants to uh, do better, be better, have a bigger impact in the world. Initially, it starts off with maybe just the practical things. You know, it could be that you just need that extra bit of money because you want to travel. Or you want to be able to have better confidence or, you know, you just want to be able to supplement your income or as it kind of goes on, it could be that you just want to be able to work less so you can be home with kids more or, you know, so different things happen. But I think as we continue um, and grow and develop in life, it starts to become, how can we make a difference? How can we actually, you know, leave an impact in the world? And then as we get older, become a granny like I am now, it's like, what do we want to be remembered for? You know, how can we make, how can we make that impact where it's kind of the world is a better place because you were in it. And so it evolves along the way. I know that was very quickly from being a terrified 19 year old to a nearly 60 year old, but that's the journey I think along the way. So when you know why you want to do something shows up and if you're a student and you allow yourself to be mentored or on the journey, well then, you know, anything is possible, I think. I definitely agree with all of those things. And, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because as far as being mentored and, you know, again, yeah, success leaves clues. People are successful for a reason. And most of these successful people are more than happy to share that with somebody that's eager to learn and then, and then actually follows through and applies and then shares the, the results of what they've done and then goes and asks, well, what do I do next? That's super valuable. And now you have mentored 
you know, you, you're in that position now where you're mentoring more people in that sort of space. I'd love you to fill in the gaps a little bit for us that where you went from starting there and as you said, doing the party plan around the kitchen table and doing that to where you are now, where you're such an accomplished and, you know, respected and admired leader in the industry globally. What was some of the stuff in between there that really helped you to get to that point? I kind of pinch myself sometimes when I kind of think, oh, I look back over the journey because it still only feels like it was only yesterday. The boat was 19 back in Dugmouth. Um, to your point, though, can I just say I've never met a mentor or coach or somebody who I've asked for advice that's refused me. And I say that to people all of the time. Be courageous enough to ask. I think that's the most important thing. And so I learned that early on. So what happened? Okay, so 19, um, I, I did that and I... I did that for a few years to extra, extra income. I was literally, I was working full time and I had that. And then we decided we were going to go travel. And, and I've been with my, my beautiful husband, Mick, since we were in school, actually, since uh, late, uh, my late teens, um, I was 17, 18 when I met him. And so we've been together a long time and we decided let's still travel the world before we settled down. That was the goal. And so at 22, we went to travel the world. Now, our original plan was go to Canada, go to America, go to Australia, and then go home. Um, but we needed a working holiday. So we couldn't get one for Canada, couldn't get one for America. Australia would give us a year. So we went, we'll just do that. So we came out to Australia in 1987 with a couple of thousand dollars in a backpack. Um, and that was basically what happened. We came out for a year to discover, fell in love with the place, and decided that we'd actually stay a little bit longer never thinking that we would settle and be here forever and raise our family here. But that's what happened. And so I had a serious career as what people would like to say, because a lot of times people would look at party plot or direct selling and kind of go, oh, it's one of those things. And that. So I actually had a serious career. And so I was working, um, my first job in Australia was actually in merchant banking with Elders Finance. And so I was doing that because I actually had studied as an accountant technician back in Ireland. Um, after after school, kind of in the evening times, so I had a career, um, and that, and I made the mistake of going to a Tupperware party. <laughs> oh my gosh, the Tupperware parties aren't they the best? I've got I I love my Tupperware. Yes, so much fun. Anyhow, I went because I wanted Tupperware. Mum had a kitchen full of Tupperware. I wanted Tupperware, so I went along to the party, and of course, I bought some of the beautiful paint. I still have them to this day, and that is. Oh my gosh, 30 plus years ago. Anyhow, I, I had them and I bought the rose pink seals and I really wanted the rose pink scoops to go with them. And the beautiful um, distributor uh, very cleverly said to me, well, if you were to book a party, I'll give you those rose pink scoops. So of course, to party. But well, next thing I knew I was selling Tupperware. I actually, again, I thought, well, you know what? I want Tupperware. I might as well get it cheaper. So I might as well join and be able to get it at a wholesale. And maybe sell a little bit on the side to get some extra income because we were wanting to um, go home and get married, come back, maybe, you know, stay a little bit longer in Australia, still never thinking we were settling here forever. And we also decided, we, you know, while we were here, we'd build a house. So we were doing all of that. So extra income was actually really, really useful. It was also back in the days, for those of you who were old enough, remember interest rates getting 18%. So extra income was fine. But again, never thought that I was in sales or that it, I'm going to be ever one of those people. Um, until fast forward, then we started having children. So 
We had two under two in quick succession and no maternity leave back in those days. So I was back at work when both of them were only three months old. So when the second went back, um, he was born in the January, you know, father himself. Um, and I was back in work in the April. I remember having this little kind of pity party. Um, my beautiful friend, Christine, who was um, in Tugware with me, she rang me checking how I was. And I had this little pity party. And uh, she said, let's do coffee on the weekend, which we did. And she actually opened up my eyes. She said to me, you know, you'd have a choice because I was dropping. There's nothing wrong with this. But for me, I wasn't living on the other side of the world to, I suppose, live an ordinary life. I wanted to live an extraordinary life. And so we were getting up, dropping the kids at childcare at seven o'clock in the morning, picking them up at half five, six o'clock of the night time, wash, rinse, repeat every single day. And again, there is nothing wrong with that if that's what you choose, but it wasn't, it wasn't feeling right with me. So she said, you could be doing, you, you do your business full time. And I'm kind of going, that's not going to pay my mortgage. And she said to me, what do you think I do? And what do you think my husband does? Because he was in the business with her. I never actually, I'm reasonably intelligent, <laughs> realized that they did their own selling business full time. And that was what it was. I'm going, wow. So I went home to my ever suffering husband and said, I'm going to really give this a red hot go. Now, couldn't give up my job, couldn't give the children away. So we still had all of that. Um, but I just did it in stolen moments. And that Christmas, that was the April, that Christmas I resigned from my um, uh, merchant banking and career and gave a month's notice. And that is, he is now, that baby is now 31, a father himself. And I've been in direct sales ever since. And so that was the beginning of me really building. And like I said earlier on, it was my why at that time was super strong. I wanted to be able to stay at home with my kids. And I, it wasn't that I wanted to be a full-time mom. I still needed to be doing something. I'm a better mom and a better wife when I am. But I needed to have choice. I wanted to be able to have choices about what that looked like for me. And so this career gave me those choices. And so I, I built right through. We added a third child into the equation as well. So we had three under five. Um, and I built my business for many, many years. We were very blessed to be very, very successful in there. Um, we ran the Tumblr distribution for Tasmania, then the South Island of New Zealand. I've also moved a lot, of course, because of business. And then I retired from that and went into consulting. And that was how I came across the company that I'm involved with today. I was speaking at a direct selling conference in LA of all places, met the co-owner, started coaching them and... Um, and working with them. And then they offered me the opportunity to become a national sales manager. And that has developed. And now I'm CEO and myself and Mick now actually own the master distributorship for Juice Plus for Australia and New Zealand. So that's a very quick journey. But the, the key things along the way was really know why at each stage in your life, because your why will change. I think people think you have this big why and it stays the same, but it evolves and there will be different things. The first, the very first one that actually made me believe when I was only a month in the business that I could do something was side-by-side -side fridge freezer. I earned enough money to go pay cash for that. And every time I looked at that, it made me remember that I couldn't do anything that I wanted to. It was the first visualization. It was a little bit like a vision board in reality sitting there. And then the other thing that I would say is at every stage of my life, right through to today, in fact, I was on. And my coaching call with my coach, my business coach this morning, 
He lives in Hawaii, so we're at half past seven this morning. Um, always have coaches and mentors in your life. At some stage in your life, they will be people that you just read their books, like you know, your beautiful book, Resilient. You know, you they will be they, they will be the coaches and mentors. It'll be books, it'll be podcasts, it will be videos or whatever. But where you can make sure that you have people in your life that challenge you to play a bigger game, because I believe everybody is here for something awesome. So inspiring hearing your whole, yeah, the, the, the whole journey. And, and it's just, again, it's just that demonstration of what's possible, isn't it? Because again, lots of people have the perception about again, oh, but I couldn't do that. Or you can't make a living out of that or any of those things. And, but I'm sure it wasn't straightforward. It wasn't like, oh, I've just decided I'm going full-time in this business and magically oh my gosh, I had enough bookings and I had enough sales and all that sort of stuff. So there would have been a lot of putting yourself out there and, you know, making those relationships. I like that you said about friend finding or doing yep. things like that, but doing it with an intention of genuinely creating a relationship, not like, oh my gosh, I just need to find someone because I need to sell to them. So can you just talk me through a little bit about what that process was like where, you know, as you made that decision to do that? And particularly if you were probably still fairly new in an area as well? Yeah, absolutely. Not having grown up in Australia um, and then, of course, finding our way. And we moved around a little bit as well. Um, as, you know, I heard early on in my career and it's something I come back to all the time, choose your heart. Do you know what, guys? Life's hard. I mean, you know, just ask anybody right now at the moment. You know, interest rates have been going up consistently. And, you know, people are coming out of locked-in interest rates. Their mortgages are doubling or even tripling. I don't know if anybody else has been seeing it, but you know, you go and you put your groceries in the basket and what you go to pay for, it's the same as what you had in the basket a year ago. You're paying, you know, double, you got to fill your car. I mean, life is hard, but you get to choose your heart. And so early on, I was told that. And I, and I, I just looked at everything that I was doing and going, okay, as an introvert, is it hard to go out to a networking event? Yes, it is. But I'm choosing my heart because you know what? Dropping my kids off at childcare at seven o'clock in the morning, picking them at a half five of an evening time, that was also hard. Okay. So when you get to actually realize that you get to choose your heart in everything, if you're on a wellness journey, okay, going to the gym or going out for your walk at half five in the morning or doing whatever it is you need to do, waking up before the kids wake up so that you can do your self-care or whatever like that is hard. But being ill and sick and in disease is hard. So it's, it's really, that was the first mantra that kind of, you know, really came to me. And then the other one was I had it stuck on the front of my diary um, for years. I used to just keep moving when it got tatty. And it was the words, if it is to be, it is up to me. I needed to look in the mirror and go, what am I prepared to do? You know, when I did decide to make that decision at that point in time with two children under two, you know, um, full-time worker, husband who was a shift worker, family on the other side of the world. When did I do it? Well, I did it. I got up and it was the days before social media too, where you could put a post up nowadays and maybe get some interest or get on a Zoom call like we are now. This was get up, get dressed and get out. You know, you to go out the door to things. Um, so instead of watching Home and Away or Neighbours, I was on the phone smiling and dialing or I was going out to do an event or out to, to training, I was choosing my heart. I was making choices that I knew 
I was always looking at what the end game was. I was always looking at what is the next step? How do I want my life to be? And that's why I love visualization. I love um, vision boards. I love, you know, now I have a lot of it on my phone and that as well, you know, looking forward. So it really was about choosing my heart and, and just reframing everything like that. For network, networking, I had to reframe it into French parenting. And you, you touched on something really, really important. Everything we do and everything in sales is about relationships. It truly is. You, people know if you're out to get them. If you're just out to sell on people, they, they know that, they feel it. But if you genuinely want to serve someone, if I want to help you to feel whether it is healthier, okay, through our products and programs, or whether it is that I want to, I've heard you say, you know what, gosh, I need to get another pair of football boots for Jack because he's just outgrown those ones again. I'm not sure where I'm going to find the money. If it's about an opportunity where I can help you maybe to earn that extra few hundred dollars a week or a month or whatever like that is. And I need to be there because I want to serve you, not just because I want to get a sale, because that does not work long term. Short term, I've seen people who could do it. Yep, short term it will, but it will never work long term. As long as we're prepared to put the star on somebody else's forehead and choose that I'm here to serve them, they will feel that intuitively and you'll be amazed how many people you will actually attract to you because of how you are choosing to show up. So I think every day is a day for learning and for growing and for becoming stronger, but you've got to be resilient. You've got to use the muscles. You've got to show up every day and choose your heart. I, I love both, like both of those things are super important there. And I think, as you said about, you know, showing up with that genuine desire to serve, because I, I heard it, I saw it recently on, um, on LinkedIn, actually, on some of the sales stuff I follow and they, they called it commission breath. And, and I just sort of thought, well, pretty much it, isn't it? Like it's, again, it's that whole thing that people can sense it. So yeah, you don't want to be you know, showing up in that space, but yeah, the choose your heart. I think that's a super important thing to, to do. Um, and then the, and obviously then the role that resilience plays in that. So, you know, if you were speaking to someone that was perhaps new, um, you know, to, to sales in general, but I guess even more specifically to direct sales, mm. what sort of advice would you give them, um, around resilience in order to be successful in, in sales? I would really, I would say to people, you know, show up for yourself every day, every single day. So even if it is one conversation that you're having that day, make sure that it's a conversation every single day. And that because, you know, in, in anything like that, and especially in direct sales, I've seen it so many times where people kind of say, well, I'm going to build my business on a Monday. <laughs> I'm not going to do anything. And then, you know, Monday comes around and the kids are sick or, you know, it's a public holiday or it's this or that or the other kind of thing. Don't do it. You're not touching your business every single day. So that's one invitation. One, eight, one reach out to can just find an, a way to be able to connect with people. You can do that via social media. You can do that at the school gate. You can do, how can you be building relationship? What does that look like? Okay. With no intention of anything else, you're not going to sell. You're just about expanding your network because if that's what we think about, you know, we're about building networks and then being able to showcase our products and services to our networks. Um, and so if you're not building a network, if you're not actively looking and people are just not going to just find you. You've got to be prepared to be your shop and open for business each day. 
Um, so from a direct selling perspective, it's really important to be doing as a minimum, a fair minimum would be that one reach out to be able to expand your network, one invitation to have a close and look. So somebody that you've been building a relationship with, you know what's important for them. And so you invite them to have a closer look. And then one follow-up because, you know, um, as they say, the fortune's in the follow-up and that. So, and that's no matter what. And then, and even for those of you who are working in general sales, I mean, how many of us have walked into a shop and you can see the sales assistant who is interested in wanting to, you know, just greet you or be interested, you know, in you kind of thing. And um, as opposed to the person who is just not interested at all. And so they are not interesting. So you do not want to have, have a conversation or give them business. So no matter what type of sales you're in, but if I speak to the direct sellers, because, you know, that's, that's who I love or I'm passionate about, I would say show up for yourself every single day, whatever that looks like. And um, don't get trapped in the scroll hole of social media. Remember that there are real people on the other sides of those posts. There are real people out there just waiting to hear from you about your products and services, but also for you to be interested in what it is they want and what it is that they need. Yeah, being interest, interested rather than interesting, isn't it? Is the, yeah, the priority. Totally. Obviously, it helps to be interesting as well, but the priority of being curious and interested and doing that sort of stuff first um, you know, it's definitely, definitely important, but I love you touch on the consistency, um, because it, I remember, yeah. sorry um, for interrupting, but I, you just reminded me something you popped back into my head. I remember when I used to, because I needed to perfect networking going out. And I, I mean, in the early days before social media, um, I used to then kind of teach kind of networking 101 kind of thing to different B&I groups and things like that, just, um, because of help and it was, it was so important because it's that same thing around the interesting and interested. You know, if you go out to a networking event or that, how many, how often do you find that people come up and they just want to talk about themselves? And so, you know, I became a master asker. And that translates now into whether that's online, whether it's offline, it doesn't matter. Ask so many questions about the other person that the only person they remember at the end of that networking event is you because you were interested in them. And so I would teach people to ask, just keep getting curious about them, whatever. It doesn't matter whether you get to talk about you or not. That's actually not the aim of the game. Whereas so many people will ask a question and then just wait to be able to pounce in and go, oh, and this is what I'm all about. Whereas if you ask the most questions, if I then follow up, you know, after that event and just say, I met you the other night, but oh, I remember you. I don't know how many times people say to me, oh gosh, I remember you. So I'd love to fetch up for a coffee to find out more about you. Well, of course they say yes. And then what happens is then they will ask about what you do, but they will listen with a mind that is ready to receive because you have taken so much time to actually be interested in so you just reminded me about that. Sorry, I'm interrupting, but I just wanted to share that because I just think that social media and the world we live in has made us like freaking goldfish. Like it's like, okay, I just want to spurge out here and oh, I'll just forget here and I'm just going to jump over here and I'm just going to go do that. The next bright, shiny object syndrome, instead of actually taking a moment to be present with the person who's front in front of you, whether that's online or, you know, in person, whatever that might look like. 
and taking some time to actually go, I wonder what it is that really interests them. I wonder what's going on for them. I wonder what they need in their life at the moment for that. So, and I, and I love that you've related it to that whole, everyone's jumping from one thing to the other. And it's, it's, it's so rare for people to actually be really present. And so it's actually a gift, isn't it? That you're giving somebody by being completely present with them and being curious and not having one eye on the phone or one eye at the clock or one eye, you know, looking around to see who else is out there, you know, because there's that element of people that network as well. It's like, they go, I've got to meet as many people, I've got to collect as many cards as possible, you know, those type of things. But, and that's where I, I always shifted it to, like when I, when, when I was going into those events, I would, first of all, I would go alone to yes. as many, many things as possible because then, you know, I'm not going to then just go and talk to the person that I went with. You know, you're going to go out and you're going to meet lots of people. And again, and as you said, it's that focusing on getting really, you get deep with, you know, maybe one or two people rather than going, oh, okay, I just need to meet everybody that's here. So I just, I really, I really like that you reminded, went deeper on that as well, because it's, it's, it's so valuable. And it's, and what I love it, the, about that is the, 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 the people that'll go that you became so memorable and they know zero about you at that time. That's what's so fascinating, isn't it? I'm happy because people are not used to people actually wanting to take an interest. Like you'll be at a networking event, you know, and they're looking over your shoulder to see who else is around. Cause it's like, oh, you're not going to serve my needs right now in this moment. So I'm just going to go on to the next person. But you just don't know. I always looked at it from the point of view of, I don't know who that person's going to connect me with, you know, and I loved being a connector. So that's why I loved asking questions because then I could kind of go, oh my gosh, you know what? You would love to meet such and such. You guys would do business together or you could support one another or whatever that might look like. And, and that, and so, you know, in those moments, people can feel, I love it when you know, some of my team say to me, I'm the best hugger. That because I love just taking a moment if I'm at an event with them, just to be able to look them in the eyes because you get to be able to really feel their soul, but also know nearly intuitively. Um, and I just trust that God's going to give me the wisdom to be able to do it, but what they need in that moment, what that might be. And for sometimes it's a hug and that, and so, you know, I love to give a hug, but even at a business meeting, you know, somebody might be watching this is a little bit more formal, take the time to actually stop and look into somebody's eyes when you're talking to them. The impact that you will have will be far greater than any words you could say. And you might think that's all woo-woo and that and, you know, whatever. But the truth is they will remember you post that. And when an opportunity comes up, they feel, oh my gosh, you know what? Celine would be able to help them with that. And then you will be top of mind rather than just another person at another networking event that becomes a card that gets thrown in, you know, the basket with all of the other cards that they've collected. And nothing comes up. If we go back to our very beginning point, it's all about relationships. And you can't do relationship by just jumping from one thing to the next, just as a word. And relationships, I just find it so much fun. Yeah. It's so good just to get to know people. Um, and as you said, because of the, there's all this jumping, it's, you know, 
everyone's quick to go, oh, I've just been diagnosed with ADHD, but I think it's more of a function of the way people live rather than I think a lot of the time the way people have a living is actually then program their brain that way. Might get shot down for that one, but I sort of I mean, feel that I'm, I'm agreeing in, in, in a lot of ways. And even, even from the point of view of kind of think, okay, maybe there is some medical diagnosis or whatever like that. But don't let it become your tag and your title and your, you know, your, what you're wearing. No, it becomes something that you kind of go, okay, how can I use this? How can I actually, what is the skill set that it's actually giving me to be able to show up in the world? But I also truly agree that oftentimes I think that the world that we live in is creating this, I, got, I don't know whether it's a, a whole other generation of just this hop, 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 hop. I actually think it's starting to change again. I think that even, you know, younger people are now also wanting to be able to slow things down and actually be in relationship. I think more people are jumping off social uh, or limiting their interactions in there because they realize that there, it's not as genuine as what it could be. And I think that the, the ability and the power, I think the people who will be the most successful long-term in no matter what industry you're in, whether that's sales or anything, will be the people who take the time to actually stay focused on building the relationships that matter. And um, I've got a, a little thing I read over our business every day and we're part of it is about, you know, it's about who are we and what do we stand for? And it's about standing for what's right in our profession, not looking left or right at distractions, but staying focused on the impact that we can make in the world together by inspiring healthy living around the world and help as many people to realize their dreams. And I speak that over our business every single day because I want us to be known for the fact that we are here to make an impact we can't do that by being distracted left and right at bright, shiny objects. We've got to stay really focused on who are we here to serve. It's not everybody, but it is somebody. And the only way that we can actually find those somebodies is by taking genuine interest in people and who they are, how we can serve them, you know, how we can add value into their lives. And so I think if, if anybody you know, who's listening to this, I don't care whether you're sales or what you're in. If you can think about how can I sow into other people, it will come back to you tenfold. It really will. As you said, it's almost putting the blinkers or I guess for the Americans, the blinders. Yeah. <laughs> Put the blinders on. Um, so, but it is doing that, isn't it? And where I'd love to go with that is, is so for you in a leadership role now, how do you then help the people that you are helping to develop, how do you help them do that? Look, it's again, it's talking about it all the time. It's that mentorship, it's coaching, it's um, putting training on for our community. We've got regular training. We're talking about it all the time. And also it's, um, it's making sure that I'm practicing what I'm preaching as well. It's, um, which is not always easy because you just kind of, you know, I, I love what we get to do and my role has changed slightly as well. Um, now that I sit in, in this chair rather than in the purely sales field side of things. Uh, but it's being really conscious about how am I showing up? How am I continuing to grow every single day? And we talked a little bit earlier on off, offline or just around, you know, that some of the morning practices that we put in, you know, we listen to some of the same speakers and, um, you know, I make sure that I set my intention for the day. I 
spend some time in prayer. I spend some time in personal growth. I make sure I get my exercise in. Um, and so by doing that, though, I then set an example for others to do the same. Because people watch what we do, not what we say. And so if we as leaders, I find that if you can see a leader actually living congruently what they do. Now, am I perfect? Not at all. And that's why I think it's also really important to be authentic, to be authentically. You know, some days I'll step up and some days I'll actually do it really, really well. Um, but if we know that we are always a project that is under construction and that, you know, for me, to the grace of God, I get to show up every day and do what I do, I feel very blessed. And I hope then that that then inspires others to do the same. So most definitely helping create the resources, the tools, the skills, trainings around that, um, but also too leading by example. Yeah, I think the, the modeling is super important and I'm working on a new workshop as well around, especially for young people and, and it's you know, starting point is implement model and then yep. engage, isn't it? Engage people on that. But as you said, incongruence is something that I guess anywhere in, in your world, but there's incongruence, then there's going to be a disconnect. Absolutely. We had an old saying that we used to use in our industry and it was, tell me, kind of tell me, show me, let me do it. And then watch and repeat as many times as you need. So tell me how to do it, show me how to do it, and then let me do it. And, you know, give me some feedback around it. I think that's so important even today. You know, it is that whole modeling, getting to model it, get to, getting to be able to try it out, look at what that looks like, and then kind of move forward as well. It's, it's so important. And I love, you know, how you're continuing to then sow into the next generations of people as well, um, because they are, they are our future and they they want, they're hungry to learn uh, how they can best show up. Yeah. And it's, and it's a privilege, isn't it? When you get to get to a point where you, you've put the reps in and you've done these things, made the mistakes and done all that sort of stuff. And then to be able to, you know, to be able to lead by example, I think is just amazing. And I think one thing that particularly around the industry, I think is great as well. You talk about the networking and the relationships, um, but a lot of the time, like events, you know, are so yeah. important as well. So I'd love for you to share the impact of events and what you sort of see, particularly with people that poten potentially, you know, are newer to an industry or a company. Yeah. What impact did you, do you see personally on getting people participating in some of the events that happen? Look, I am a big advocate for live events, getting back into the rooms. I think people need to be around people. I know there's a lot of mixed feelings still around that out there in the industry and that, but I'm a huge, a huge problem for it. Uh, we just had a conference in the world up in, uh, on the Gold Coast. And it was just so awesome having, you know, what was it? We had about 600 mad Juice Plus people. It was just amazing. And then earlier this year, we, we had an incentive trip that we took a team to Port Douglas as well. We get together in rooms. We're preparing for one at the moment. It's been driven by our leaders and that's going to be on the Gold Coast. Um, at, we call it game plan in October. Uh, we have a smaller leadership emerging leaders coming together here in uh, the Hunter Valley in, uh, in early October as well. Um, so we're constantly looking at when's the next opportunity for us to be able to get together. We run small events all over the place, right across Australia, New Zealand. There's constantly something going on, whether that's social circles, coffee gatherings, getting out and walking together. You know, we talk about live well, eat well and supplement well. So. You know, getting out is living well. 
um, but coming together in community. I think it is so important. People were not designed to be on their own or, you know, isolated. I don't believe that at all. Do I believe that things like, you know, Zoom and everything like that gives us the ability to be able to be um, a, you know, a, a bigger, play a bigger part in the world? Absolutely. 5 a.m. this morning, I was talking with people right across the world. And, you know, I love that opportunity too. But my favorite thing is actually getting, even as an introvert, getting into a room with people and being able to really get them by the shoulders and look at them square in the eyes and go, you know, what's going on for you? What is that? That hug, that pat on the back, the whenever, you know, the high five or the elbows, whatever you want to do, it's fine. But the fact that we're physically, there's something energetically that happens. And so I just encourage people, get back out there, you know, do whatever you need to do, but get back out there and actually get back in rooms and cafes and whatever like that with people. I also think our economy needs it. Our, you know, the cafes, the restaurants, the hospitality industry, well, it needs us. It needs us to be back out there as well. So there's an economic, I think, reason, but more importantly is the personal human touch reason. People need to be around people. And we're an industry in direct sales. We are an industry that is about people. And so sales as a whole, but it is really important. Imagine trying to buy a car online without going into the, you know, talking to the car salesman or whatever like that. I know people do it, but I just couldn't think of anything worse than that. And yes, there's a place for online shopping. I get it. That's totally cool. And it makes it, it does make it easier. Things get delivered and all of those kinds of things. But when it comes to the human element and the human needs and that, I really believe that um, events, showing up, having that balance, there is nothing that tops that. There really isn't. So for me, I will continue to be a cheerleader for events. We're already planning our events for next year and what that will look like and that as well. Um, and I know it's a cost for businesses. You know, it's a big investment to put on live events. And it can be so easy to kind of go, let's just do an online one again. But we did them through our pregnant pause that we all had to have. And, you know, yes, they're great. But do they have the same impact? Not a chance. Not a chance. They don't have, they serve a need, but they're not the be all and end all. So I truly believe that there is the ability to have both, but get out there and get into rooms with people. I think it's so important. There's just, a, as you said, it's the collective energy, isn't it, in the room. Um, it's, there's, there's really nothing like it. And and I still remember it was like, you know, as you said, over the last few years and you, you, get, you go, oh, this is pretty cool. I can, I can do this without, you know, leaving my apartment. But then once you get, I still remember going and speaking at my sort of first big event. Um, you know, I think it was like in 20, like 2020 and then another one in 2021. And I remember just getting around and I said, I love this afterwards. It's like, but it's that connection piece and like, and connection is one of those crucial parts of resilience. It's like anyone that says they've been successful alone is lying or deluded, but that, you know, that energetic connection, that support. And so I, I see that as a, it's a resilience rock and, and there's one more aspect around you know, a resilient a resilience rock and resilience rocks having a musical twist. And I know that music is a huge part of live events, like the ability to put particular music on and elicit a collective response from a room. And so I see music as a super powerful part of resilience. And so what I'd love to know, like for you personally, 
do you have a particular go-to song when you need to change your state, whether it's up, down, grounded, whatever it is, what's the go-to song that you use in order to get yourself into a particular state? Well, for me, I mean, um, my, to be honest, the things that I actually really love is, is my Christian music. So I will come back to that a lot of the time. My faith is so important to me. So for me, it will be that. So I'll, depending on what it is that I need, uh, I will pick, I've got a playlist of a whole heap of different songs and I'll pick where it is that I need to go to on there. But if I just want to have a little bit of fun, it'll be something like Shake It Up. <laughs> you know, if I just need to know to break my steak and I just want to just have a little bit of a dance party, I'll put on, yeah, Shake It Up or whatever like that or Get This Party Started by Pink. I'm a little bit like you. I love music. I oftentimes have no clue who the artists are. That's my husband's area of things. And that he just, he's a real muso and that. But for me, it will always come back to um, my faith music. So that's what kind of will check my state in. It will just look at, okay, I will come back to that. And I just lean into that space. And so it's different for, for everybody. Um, but having something that will bring you peace in the, um, the store, I think is so so important you know sometimes it is just about being able to settle your mind and that and so i'll just put on you know uh, some music and just listen to that and bring me back to that and others other times it is about kind of dancing it up or just praising and, and praying kind of things so that that's for me is what i do so i'll always kind of come back to my faith music I love it. My goodness, this has been such a good conversation. Like I've been really excited for this and I love that you've just brought so many different aspects, you know, from sales, direct sales, leadership, you know, habits, rituals, these type of things. And I love the role that purpose and faith and all those things have in your world. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm super grateful. And I just know that there's going to be so much that people are going to take away from this. So thank you so much for coming and chatting today it's been great to reconnect with you on a you know on a selfish level it's been amazing to just have a conversation as well but I'm just I'm, I'm really I'm really grateful that so many people are going to be able to benefit from this conversation as well and it's just been it's been an absolute pleasure and if people want to reach out connect with you get to know a little bit more about you um, where can they do that after they listen to this today well I am on social media uh, not often but I am <laughs> So you'll find me on Instagram and you'll find me on Facebook, my personal profile, and I have my business page, Celine Egan. Um, but, you know, again, feel free to reach out. Celine.egan at juicepross.com is an easy one. If there's ever anything that I can do to add wisdom or value to your life. But Stacey, thank you so much for having me. I really feel blessed and honored to be able to have this catch up again, just to be able to kind of connect as well. Um, but also to to be able to serve in any way. It's um, It's one of my highest values. And so thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to add even a small bit of wisdom to your, you know, for your audience. Thank you. It's been amazing. And just one more thing I've just remembered before we wrap up on purpose and all those things. I want to just say a big thank you to Juice Plus for choosing Project Rescue Children as the charity, um, the most recent charity to support. Like I'm an ambassador for Project Rescue Children. It's the cause that I feel so deeply passionate about and have supported for a long time. Um, but yeah, when I saw that pop up and I messaged Adam, um, and said, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. You know, and again, I said that, you know, that, that we've known each other for a long time and you know, what a great organization and, and a great leader you are and that we were catching up soon. And so, yes, thank you again for doing that. And, um, oh, with demonstration again of purpose and, 
giving back and serving something greater than ourselves. So again, I just wanted to say an extra special thank you on that one too. Oh, I so appreciate that. Thank you, Dom. Really good. Yeah, thank you. And until the next time we see each other on the next episode of Resilience Rock Sales podcast, be your best and I look forward to continuing the conversation next time. Thanks for joining us again this week on Resilience Rock Sales. Don't just listen though, take action. The best sales professionals are always learning. Head over to resiliencerocks.com now to go backstage and get the resources mentioned today to help rock your sales goals.